Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Open the pod bay doors now. I'm sorry, Dan. I'm afraid I can't do that. What's the most you ever lost in the contest? Go ahead. Make my day. And welcome to this uh, very special edition of Black Hole Cinema. It's a special one today because uh, we are. Well, I'm hosting, which I don't normally do anymore because I'm lazy. But also, um, we're in a pub, so you can probably hear with the incidental uh, noise of, of beer and glasses clanking and people talking. Thank you, Adam. He's just he's just into glass. Uh, but let's do that properly. There we go, right? Uh, this proves we're actually in a pub. We're actually not. It sounds like we're trying to prove that we're in a pub, and we're not. Every, <laughs> every yeah, time yeah. a podcast is in a pub, they always have to try and prove that it's yeah. not like yeah. uh, EastEnders background noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I've layered this in. But no, we are genuinely in a pub. We're in a, a place called the Bellevue in uh, High Wycombe. And the reason we're there is because I've come down um, to see two friends of mine who also happen to be um, film uh, gentlemen and podcasters themselves. To begin, uh, let me introduce uh, my old buddy, um, Adam Massingham. Hello, sir. Hello, hello. Um, welcome. Back yes. onto the podcast. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. Welcome thank back. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah. It's, you, you were on last year, briefly doing a, a, a review of Headbanger, Metal Headbanger's Journey. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that, that was awesome. It was a great time. So. Um, and the other uh, gentleman on uh, was uh, the returning uh, Mr. Leslie Byron Picks. Hello, sir. Oh, you don't have me on long, uh, often enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Really don't. Oh uh, yeah, we. Yeah, this I'm is happy to be here. This is an audition <laughs> tape to become a regular. <laughs> we get it now. We've had a couple of drinks. <laughs> yeah, we are. Like I said, we are in the pod. We do have beer on on tap. Oh, well, in Leslie's case, it's uh, Red, Red, Red Bull. Yeah, double. Well, there you go. That sets the store out. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're going to do the usual talking about uh, films and getting possibly a little bit drunk in the process. So can I, um, can I just say as well? I was thinking we we kind of planned this before the recording. We planned this before the recording. What we were going, where we were going to go, we and did. where we were going. We did. And I was adamant that I was going to drag people to the White Horse. Yeah. <laughs> and if you know what the White Horse is, which it is, then you realise that I'm a disgusting child. So <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Now, now I, I'm not from Wickham. I don't live here. I want to know more about this. <laughs> so, have my, my question now is: Have you got any money? Um, <laughs> If needs be, yes. <laughs> it's is, it is very much like T- Takeshi Mike in Hostel. Don't go in there, you'll spend all your money in there. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> Sounds good though. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if it's quite as gory as Hostel. <laughs> Hopefully, I anyway. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Okay, right, so uh, on this edition, we are going to have uh, reviews of um, the uh, second best exotic Marigold Hotel which is my terrible attempt at Dev Patel. <laughs> Les has literally just got. Oh, you're from Birmingham. You know that's not right. <laughs> what? Even so, I'm trying to be... Um, I've got a drama degree for health. Uh, so, yeah, we'll start with that. Uh, we will also have um, my review, in inverted commas, of um, The Boy Next Door. And also you will have um, uh, another malerned Mr. Tom East on later to be talking about that. But I'm going to give my views. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give my views. I can't wait for this. It's really important. <laughs> it's really important, I think I did. And then uh, Les and Adam will be talking about It Follows, which I haven't seen, but they have. And um, they're going to have some great discourse on that. And then we'll finish... Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. And then we will finish um, with a look at Will Smith's latest Focus. 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 But first, however, we're going to be change the subject to a slightly more sombre one. As I, I would like to pay my respects to a true great of... Uh, both television and cinema, 
um, photography and photography musician uh, musician <laughs> yeah many, a man with many strings to his bow um, the inestimable Mr Leonard Nimoy who passed away yesterday at the age of 83 and uh, obviously we know who we know who he is you know, he's <laughs> he's one of these people who is just a pure icon and admittedly, you know, um, as Mr. Spock in Star Trek, Star Trek is, is a television show first and foremost, and I think lives the, its best on television in, in general. But there is no doubt about the impact he made on cinema with directing three men and a, and a baby. And there is no... <laughs> that, oh, that was a joke. We can't... Yeah, like it's it. good. <laughs> you, you, got, you, got, you, got, you got an after watch your crying. I know. I mean, you talk about... You talk about Nimoy in, in, in cinematic terms, like like I you know, I posted on Facebook. You know, he, I loved him in Body Snatchers. Yeah, like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. He's really good, and mm. it's this almost kind of subvertive Spock thing going on. You know, just really kind of playing with him as a as a presence anyway, mm. and him go, going up against Jeff Goldblum in that way. Mm. That, that kind of fight there. Of, of intellect so to speak I really enjoyed um, but just him as a, a presence anyway as a screen presence there's one thing I really loved about having him in the, um, the new Star Trek mm. and just having him as a, a really nice link and he still had a a certain amount of gravitas that someone yeah. well you know no offence to, to Mr Shatner but you wouldn't have mm. there is something there is something about having Spock you know voice everything it's true that just gives you just, just a little, a little feeling, and it's one of those things. It's, it's sad. Have you seen the um, picture that's been going around? There's a picture, and there's a, there's a picture of Star Trek, and they're all on Star Trek, and and it's a half and half picture. It's a picture of Shatner and, and Spock and everyone. They're all mm. together, and it's it's a scene, and then it cut, and then they, what they've done is they've replaced it. The only one left is Shatner. Mm. All that cast is now no longer with us mm. and it's a little bit scary I mean unnerving yeah a thing but it's a little bit scary it's one of these things that have been coming up as we get older these people that we've kind of grew up with yeah. are kind of disappearing and it's and last year it really got to me because mm. it was Robin Williams and yeah. Hoffman and there's a whole bunch of people that you know you kind of kind of live with it's a, in, in a weird way you kind of grow up and you're, you're they're always there they're always a presence in yeah. the back of your head when, you, when you're a geek or, or, or you know you just like Star Trek well I, I think I felt this way yesterday when when I came out of the cinema I've been watching Focus I came out of the cinema and I, I saw um, I saw that he died I saw the, the news tweet and I felt a real sense of loss and it, it's something that is strange because you don't know these people, you know, you don't know you don't know them personally. But I've I grew up. I mean, I've always been a massive fan of Star Trek. I grew up loving the original films. Well, Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan, obviously, which features his death as Spock. Yeah. Um, is perhaps my my, my favourite ever science fiction film. It, I, I I adore that film. And you know, it, well, as soon as I found out he died, I put a picture of fact uh, on Facebook, a picture of, of when Kirk, uh, Spock is behind the glass and he's dead, and Kirk is just there, just slumped, just with pure yeah. shock and, and grief. And it was, and I, I said to him like, "This is me now." And I, you know, I genuinely felt genuinely sad because I grew up watching this guy and admiring the performance he gave. And, and loving his character and you know when these people go I, I, even though yeah I agree that Nimoy is, is the better actor one of the best actors actually of the entire ensemble I think I will really cry when William Shatner dies I, 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 for me I it's think, an end of something isn't it it's really just a little is. bit scary for, for me it will be it will yeah. be these guys I've loved for years and now they're gone and it's you know it, that's the power of sometimes you know, these kind of actors and these performances, it really hits you, you know, and the power of what they give you as a child. And I think when you've grown up with these things, it, it hits you even more than when you're an adult. I think yeah. it really does. But the worrying thing for me, the thing that always bothers me about something like this is how we do look at entertainment as just merely this aside, this, you know, this kind of, oh yeah, we can take it or leave it, whatever, you know, there's bigger things going on and, and whatnot. And if you've ever seen, you know, obviously you were talking about Star Trek, have you ever seen Trekkies? Mm, yes, I have, yeah. And it's a great documentary and obviously, you know, Scotty, who's one of the first to kind of leave. Yeah. And Scotty talks about the, the girl that he kept seeing. Yeah. From like, um, yeah. 
uh, convention to convention. And one of the things that you kind of realise about these entertainers, these people that play fictional people, mm. and you know, we all get a little bit pissed off when the sun do their free Deirdre and all that stuff. Yeah. But they, we spend a lot of time with these people, and, and we don't spend it in the in the way that we sit down and talk with them or anything else like that. But we spend a lot of time with them. They engage with us in a different way. They engage with they inspire us, they inspire our creativity, they they entertain us, they make us smile. Um, you know, there's there's a reason that, that they provide our escapism. Um, and one of the things that Nimoy was very, very good is helping us to do that. Yes. Um, so, you know, it's it's always beautiful to see. It is. And and, and when you know he, he, he directed one of my favourite Star Trek films which is The Voyage Home which is pure comedic joy for me you know I, I've grown up loving that, that film bonkers as it is <laughs> it was just so sweet and, and the relationship that he had with William Shatner and the, and the clear friendship they had in real life which, which spilled over into, into the screen yeah. was just wonderful to watch and you know he, he's, he's an actor who gave me a lot of happy memories as a child and yeah you know, part of the show that has always inspired me and has always inspired me as, as a writer and somebody who loves entertainment. And um, it's it's just sad. Yes, he had. You know, he lived a good good life here. He lived to a good age, and it's not a shock. He was ill, you know. So it's not like a, a shock kind of Rick Mail. My God, they're suddenly gone. But at the same time, also last year. Also last year, it feels like the the just like the really beginning of the end of that era. But um, I just wanted to give a quick memorial to him because. He was, he was somebody who was in, on entertainment terms very important to me. So, wherever you are, Mr. Nimoy, cheers. Cheers. And live long and prosper. Space. The final frontier. These are the continuing voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Her ongoing mission to explore strange new worlds to seek out new life forms and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Okay, now we've all cried. <laughs> Next up, I'm going to talk about my own demographic, yeah, uh, which is, <laughs> which is uh, I went to see um, John Madden's The Second Best... I can't, I've got, I can't do this again. <laughs> I'm going to do it in my accent. The second best <laughs> exotic marigold hotel. The marigold hotel has been going properly for eight months now. People who come and go, but there's been a core of regulars from the beginning, and Sunny takes a roll call every morning. A most valuable precaution to ensure that nobody has died in the night. Mrs. Evelyn Greenslade. Here. Douglas Ainsley. Yeah, I'm here. Mrs. Madge Hardcastle. Here. Norman Cousins and Miss Carol Parr. Both here. Mrs. Muriel Donnelly. What's left? It's even a half of that. Even amazing. getting a ticket is a bit like, <laughs> you know, like... Well, what made me laugh, really, is that the title itself is, is almost like a shotgun to the face because yeah. you're calling it the second best exotic marigold hotel. Yeah. You know, I mean, they should have just put a two. Yeah, and yeah, a yeah they, they really. <laughs> yeah. It's just it, they really are setting themselves up for a fall. Yeah. Now, I I confess, I, I quite enjoyed the the, the the best exotic marigold hotel. It came out obviously three years ago, which was you know very sort of laid back malaise about a bunch of you know old people in India, which is effectively what it is. It's a group of old age pensioners who are all in different places in their lives. Some of them are married, some of them aren't. And they all end up in this in this hotel run by this very, very sort of perky, excitable, wannabe entrepreneur played by Dev Patel, who's The guy from Skins. The guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He that probably guy. doesn't sound anything like his character. In more and more than likely, yeah. yeah. And, you know, he's all full of vim and everything. He's trying to get things up. And, and, and really, the whole hotel's been a shambles. He's, you know, he's a bit like a, 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 a happy Indian Basil Fawlty, maybe. <laughs> Jesus. He's just hapless. You're like, really selling this. I'm selling this. <laughs> um, but, the, you know, the first film benefited from some real good talent. You know, it had people like you know, Judy Dench, it had Bill Nye, it had Penelope Wilton, it had uh, Dame Maggie Smith. Um, Celia Imre, all, all these really good, you know, British character actors and, and stars. 
and you know it had a very you know, a lovely charm about it and you know it did nothing amazing it didn't reinvent the wheel and you know it dragged in parts and it was a bit too freeform but it, it, it was nice it was a nice film and it was well acted so, that, so obviously it did surprising money and, and it, you say it's surprising in England I'm not well, yeah, maybe, maybe that's maybe it did appeal to you know. We've um, got an aging population. Old, so. old, <laughs> I, I think there is like OAP kind of things yeah. in the city world. What, what, was, what was the one in La- calendars in lavender or something? What was that one? Dame Judi Dench, something in lavender. Oh, ladies in lavender. Ladies in lavender ladies or something lavender, like that. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. you mean Calendar Girls and... No, it wasn't Calendar Girls. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> one of them. One of them. But, um, Something like that, yeah. When films like that come out, people go and see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and, they, and they did, and it, and it did well. And um, obviously, in you know, the law of, of, of films in Hollywood is it got a sequel. And obviously, by the end of the first film, it had really, it had really done the, the general arc of all these characters. You know, it, it had got them from the point of being... I don't really, really know what I'm doing with my life. Oh, okay, I've found a new lease of life in this impossibly beautiful, yet still shambling hotel okay. in Jaipur, right? With no Indian people in With, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Set in India, set in India. No, look at everything yeah, outside yeah, yeah. the hotel. Who cares? But, you know, it's all frightfully middle class. You know, it, it represents a middle class sort of post-colonial Raj version of England, right? <laughs> it really, really is. It's like, you know, it, it, it has that... It has that home counties kind of, you know, feel yeah. of all, all these people, you know, they, they would have never struggled in their life. You know? it, 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 they're just not, it's just not that. So the original white people probably. With the exception maybe of Maggie Smith, whose character in the first one was the best realised character because she was an awful woman in the first one. She was this cockney, bigoted, horrible woman who over the course of the film learns basically she was a cleaner for like 40 years and she, she ultimately becomes part of the custodian of this hotel oh, oh, you're, you're not selling this to me I hate this movie I'm sorry I hate this movie oh yeah you know the working class you cleaner for 40 years hates everyone yeah and that's exactly what goes abroad and she's got this sort of accent where she's going oh oh these look at all these Indians and all that's basically what you're like now, shoot me in the head. Well, <laughs> right, so she goes through the film and she gets to the point, I'm ruining the first film, I don't know. She gets to the point of, um, you know, of, of changing and starting to see people in a different light. So in the, when we pick up in the second film, she's the custodian of this hotel with Dev Patel. And they're basically looking, as, as inevitably, they're looking to expand. You know, they, they want to they make another best exotic marriage hotel because they're full, they're full of old people. <laughs> it's true, they're actually full of elderly. India's Florida. India, Florida, <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. So they're... Um, they're, over, they're overstocked with the aged. <laughs> so they, they get this American company to potentially fund them to get another hotel. But they say, the American company is David Strathairn from the Bourne films. And he, he basically says, right, we're, we're going to send over someone. You won't know who they are. Okay. And we're gonna, they're going gonna, gonna to inspect your hotel to see if you're good enough to be funded. Now, there is nothing about the second best Marigold hotel that you won't guess. Yeah. Okay. It's basically, you know, you remember those 80s films where you have to... They had a break dancing contest to sort yeah. out the rec centre. It's this, but we've all <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is completely predictable from beginning to end. You will guess almost everything in it. You know, there, there is a, there is the whole central idea that you've got all these characters who are you're picking up with, and you know you've got Judy Dench and Bill Nye who can't quite accept that they should be together, but they you know they start to get uh, there. Right? Yeah. You've got. <laughs> you've got. Here we go. Ronald Pickup is this basically old lech guy who wants to be like a bit of a suave guy, but he, he actually wants to be monogamous, monogamous at the same time. And then you've got Celia Rimmery who's torn between two rich Indian suitors, and she can't decide which one to pick. And then you've got Maggie Smith, who's basically she actually has the best through line of the whole thing because she actually has quite a touching storyline, which is very low key, and it ultimately plays quite a big part. You've got, the problem is you've got they act well with, with the limited material because it looks gorgeous, it's sumptuous, it, it's very beautifully shot. John Madden, who obviously is known for Shakespeare in Love and, and, and various other films, he's got a very very sort of nice sensibility in how his camera works. You know, it, it evokes India in a, in a really nice way, and it it, it, it it comes off the screen. You feel that that beauty and that heat and that elegance, and that's very charming. And you know, the whole thing it is charming. If you're able to detach from the cynicism of it all, right? <laughs> <laughs> and the I bring, and you're able to just soak it up and, and, and enjoy the performances of genuinely talented people, even when they're the script is okay, only okay. Yeah, it, it's it's nice. It's a nice film, 
and you know the only, the only bit of, of relative subtlety is through Maggie Smith's performance. But again, you'll, you'll guess what's going on with her. The big problem is Dev Patel because in the first film he was he was nice, he was funny. In this, he is just irritating from beginning to end because his, his story is just basically the same thing, right? It, it, it's the thing where he's, he's annoyingly sort of caught up in his own. Like he's getting married to this beautiful girl, he can't cope, right? That she's um, that she's basically. You know, so impossibly beautiful, and this, this old rival turns Yeah, she's up. well there. She's gorgeous. I saw it's very, very hot. She's really yes. attractive. Yeah. <laughs> also, Adam suddenly becomes interesting. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly interesting. <laughs> We've sold them the film. We've sold yeah, the film. I'll watch it now. I'll watch it now. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to move on. She's really gorgeous. And he, he struggles with that because he's, he's finding it really difficult to, you know, detach from all this and accept that he's just going to get married to her. And you know, an impossible rival comes, comes along who's really got long, flowing hair and he's more handsome. You know, and he just, you know, he, he makes her, you know, he starts to think, oh, well, he's going to take her away from me, and all this predictability. And you just want to slap him around the head and go, stop being a bell end, right? She wants to marry you. Your hotel's fine. You've got money. Your mum's okay because she, 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 I'm shagging Richard Gere, which she does do after our first film. Oh, Right, Richard Gere turns up as the classic Richard Gere, you know, he he's all quite cool, and he's, uh, he, he's a bit distant, but you, you know, and, um, and then Tamsin Greg turns up, and she's always brilliant. Tamsin Greg, right? She turns up. What's one of my weird crushes, Tamsin Greg? Yeah, yeah, I'll get that. Right? She turns up as this kind of willowy English girl who's there to make sure her mother um, is safely in a hotel. But oh, 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 guess what? It doesn't turn out to be quite true. What? Right? So the whole thing is just massively predictable. However, however, maybe I'm getting old. Maybe I'm getting soft. Maybe I just like really fancied that girl. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I... <laughs> and it seems to be, yeah, it's just one of those things that's just. Um, and you shouldn't like it, but you know. Well, I. I don't know. My, my parents love that sort of colonial fucking bollocks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 can't, I can't. All that period drama, all that sort of. This is England at this point in time. It's like, no, no, it's never been like that. I'm sorry, it's never been like that. It's always been, it's human nature. It's always been full of conflict. And that sort of thing just drives me up the wall. It does. It, it, I can't see any reason for me to see it. And it's one, of, it's one of those things where I get it and I know why I can see the appeal. And one of the things about it is, I can see the appeal, the actors are great. You know, Mag, you know, people like Maggie Smith, and and they are getting on, and they oh, are, yeah, they and, are. And I love the fact they're still working and and doing something. And there's also the fact that it brings people in. Mm. This is a big thing. It brings people in. They watch movies. You know, that that stuff will do that all the time. But it, I think it's that it's a part of it. It's a type of escapism for me that I just hate because it's so. I don't know it plays into something that I've never really believed existed as someone who's lived in Wickham all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, well, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't remotely kind of represent the real world. <laughs> well, I, I think that's the one. I don't really? intend to represent the real world, but I don't know. I look at it this way. Hey, Johnny English. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching something like that, Johnny English or anything by Richard fucking Curtis. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you said that because I can't stand what he does on cinema. Yeah, it's just. I it's, hate. It's, Love actually? No. Thank you. <laughs> Never actually, you know. Never. Hate actually. <laughs> it's a kind of wish. I still like that. <laughs> oh. I know, I know, I know. That amazes me. Sorry, I know. It's, it's a kind it amazes of, me, Tony. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I'm stunned by it. It's, no, it's just a kind of wish fulfillment that. I understand that there, there, there needs to be a need for, but it just drives me up the wall because it's the only thing that seems to sell. And I don't know. I know you, you, you made a you made you made a good go for it. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It wasn't no. that bad. I will I will never watch it. It's the thing that my, obviously my girlfriend's mum. Trust me on this. She'll have that yeah. along with stuff like the help. <laughs> and so, and it doesn't a stone though. It does have everything. But it's just stuff like the help, and it's like yeah, it was really good because this happens and race relations. Like no, that's that's not what I want to watch. I will watch <laughs> Do the Right Thing and be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's a certain type of nicety that you'll just never play into me because I'm not a 50 year old woman. Well, so, <laughs> <laughs> well, I know sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I must be <laughs> because. 
No, it, I, I get it. I get. I get why it wouldn't appeal to a lot of people, and it won't appeal to a lot of people. Um, well, it does appeal to a lot of people. Well, it makes a lot of money. So. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It won't appeal to a lot of people. people. Our age, right, yeah. roughly. I think but, it's more of a kind of middle-aged. Thing. It is. It is. And uh, you know, and it, it does sit as a nice companion piece to the first one. You know, it really does. They, they live in the same space. There is. It's not better. It's not worse. It, is, it, it, it just, just is the same. It, it, it is. It like is. Michael Caine in Zulu. Why are we here? Because we're here. Because we're here. <laughs> that is exactly it. It just. It just <laughs> is. And I think if you go into it, just accept it. It's going to be a very nicely shot, very, very, very malaise, easygoing kind of just slow, you know, amble through the lives of these people. Then you'll get something out of it. But, it, you know, if you're expecting anything that's going to massively make you laugh out loud or it's going to really challenge you in any way, it's not for you. But, you know, if you... It, do you know what? Take your nan to <laughs> There you go. Your yeah, nan will love it. Even perhaps you're your middle-aged mother. Okay? Because then she can, have, she can get it on with Richard Gere in her head. <laughs> okay, so. I think that's yeah. I just seen an interview with Dame Judi Dench, and yeah. you know, she was asked, "Oh, what's Richard Gere like?" And she's like, "Oh, he's lovely." In this sort of you know tone that suggests she's she's had naughty thoughts. About <laughs> to be so, completely honest, he's in his know, he's in his uh, mid sixty now. It's still yeah. thoughts that it's Richard Gere. Yeah. So you know, yeah, I, I, I agree with it. Take your hand. I mean, I doubt I'll, I will ever watch it. So that was the um, second very best. No. No. <laughs> best, no. Second best. Exotic Marigold Hotel on general release now, and we'll be, I'm sure, I'm sure for a while, forever, forever. <laughs> forever. until time memorial. <laughs> I couldn't resist the chance to come back and visit the old crumbling ruins and see how the hotel was doing as well. <laughs> Okay, moving moving on, we've actually now relocated to uh, a new boozer. We have chips, we have a beer called Poop Deck. I think, Adam, um, which is, uh, what it's called? Yeah, Poop Deck. Um, I'd highly recommend Rebellion Brewery. If you're ever in a pub and you see Rebellion Brewery, they're always dependable. If you're ever in Marlow, go visit the Rebellion Brewery. (laughs) If you live in Birmingham, go all this way to visit Rebellion Brewery. (laughs) Blackpool Cinema. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, moving on, I'm going to briefly talk about The Boy Next Door. It's been nine months and you haven't backed the horse yet. He cheats with his secretary every time he goes to the office. Have you ever made a mistake? You ready, Mom? I got it. And you are? Noah. I'm staying next door with my uncle. You're not from around here. No. It was this accident with my folks. I'm gonna finish up at Monroe High. My mom teaches there, actually. Seems too cool to be a teacher. God, you're beautiful. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have. <laughs> it's okay. It's the nicest thing anybody said to me in a long time. Well, then I'm glad I said it. It looked rubbish. <laughs> yes, say the least. Now, later on, Tom East is going to come on and talk about this. He's not with us right now. He's not live. Uh, well, we're not live. <laughs> he's not with us right now in the same room. But he's going to give his thoughts on uh, The Boy Next Door, which he was looking forward to. I thought it was shit. Nah, it couldn't be that bad. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez, she's all right. Well, you know, I'll give, I'll give it J-Lo, right? J-Lo, in fairness, given that she's at least mid-40s now, she looks she looks stunning. Yeah. She looks still, but she still looks stunning now. She's the, maybe the one reason to go and watch it, just to look at her. And still unbelievable. Oh, is she supposed to be some sort of downtrodden mum? Oh, it's, yeah. it's insane. Yeah, she's a downtrodden mum, right, for a start. No. She's not, she, Jennifer Lopez is not a downtrodden mum. She's no. never going to be downtrodden. She's never downtrodden, right? Her husband cheats on her with his secretary. No. What? How hot is the secretary? I didn't even say her. So she's not even in the film? She's not even in the film. Really? She cheats. She cheats, but the secretary's not even in the film, right? So, I, you know, you wouldn't cheat on Jennifer Lopez unless it was, I don't know... God. God himself. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, just, it just wouldn't happen, right? And then, the whole principle of the whole idea is that she becomes attracted to the boy next door, who is this... You know, supposed to be this, this this young, impressionable teenager who she corrupts. However, he looks like he's just got come out of like a men's magazine, right? For the over twenty fives, he he did look like Dan Stevens from The Guest. He does, he does. He, yeah. he's, he's ridiculously not like in looks, but in terms of just physique, looking yeah, yeah. great. Yeah, he's nineteen in the film. Now, the reason they apparently aged it up, or Rob Cohen, who is a complete hack anyway, Rob Cohen, you know. 
I didn't know he did it. Rob Curry. Now, that explains it, doesn't it, right? Rob Curry is responsible for the right, Triple yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. X wasn't bad. Triple X. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, Triple X, and pro- probably Triple X 2, um, the one with Ice Cube. <laughs> Still <laughs> funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Rob Cohen is one of these directors who is, who is known for It Wouldn't Happen kind of films. In this, though, he's playing a different world. You know, Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious, you know, you don't expect realism, right? And the irony is, ever since Rob Cohen left the franchise, they've got more and more bunkers. However, they've got more fun, in my opinion. Right, so Rob Cohen isn't someone known for his realism. In this, he's attempting to do something that is a steamy kind of 90s, 80s erotic thriller on the line of fatal attraction. Which is Challenge like, weed, just looking at yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And it's just about as erotic as a bag of boiled turnips, okay? It's just so unsexy even with Jennifer Lopez it's so ridiculous the whole idea of aging the guy up right to make it more palatable that she ends up being like more accepted as, as the, the hard done by hero is bollocks if they really wanted to make this film edgy he would have looked about 14 she yeah. would have slept with him right because it's all, it's based on a, on, a, on a true story about a woman a teacher who's yeah that's the other thing she's a teacher of classics Jennifer Lopez teaching the Iliad. Are you serious? I'm guessing there's lots and lots of periods where they talk about classics. Yeah. yeah. And the, 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 the thing they talk about kind of relates. Oh, yeah. God, I can't. And, and it's also a lot of, oh, you teach the classics. Yes, I teach the classics. You really, <laughs> nobody knows what the classics is. Not the writer, not the director. It's just the classics, right? It's just like, no. So, anyway. It's, yeah, yeah, it's based on this whole story that this teacher actually did sleep with an underage student. Statutory rape, got done. And that's where the idea came from. However, you don't get that impression in this. You get the impression that he's just this hot 19-year-old guy who, you know, happens to find her attractive, turns out to be a psycho, and then gets more and more mental all the way through the film. He's just bollocks. And it's not even fun bollocks. It's not even, you know, oh, this is so shit, it's enjoyable bollocks. It's just bollocks. It's just really, 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 really shit. And I will now hand over to Tom to give his views and see if they differ from ours. <laughs> I was under no impression going in that it was going to be a good movie. Mm-hmm. I thought that this could be, you know, the kind of so bad it's not good but watchable. Like, yeah. like it would be an enjoyable watch crew because it was so ridiculous. But I kind of I enjoyed it, but in the way that I enjoyed it for all the wrong, the wrong reasons. I enjoyed it <laughs> because it was literally so far fetched. It couldn't. It couldn't. Yeah. Come on. But it was it was very, very predictable. I kind of Mm. guessed everything that was gonna happen. It was like like pretty much fatal attraction, like gender flipped, with all of the bad stereotypes of that genre kinda thrown in. Mm. And uh, it was it was just a bizarre experience to be honest. Like I kinda came out just thinking what the fuck did I actually just see? Like, it felt like I just had some weird fever dream. <laughs> that makes it sound like a more sort of interesting film than it probably is, <laughs> that you you had some sort of, like, trip. <laughs> yeah, because it's... It's very by the numbers, I found. Like, oh, yeah. This will happen, then this will happen, then this will happen. Um, we, we actually looked it up during the film, because... When he was like, oh, I'm almost 20, I just turned around to my friend and I was like, I could not buy that for one second. Yeah. He's, he's 27, seven. Brilliant. There you um, go. That proves it, doesn't it? That says it all. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely 27. But I, I, think, I think what really got me is that the film kept kind of trying to play into, like, horror stereotypes. There were, like, camera work, like, camera shots and just kind of things where you think, like, what kind of fucking genre is this supposed to be? <laughs> like, they'd be, like, close up on the window and something, he would appear, and it's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I'm not watching, kind of, the scream of erotic thrillers, which, by the way, not very erotic. There's one sex scene. Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry, two. There's two sex scenes in the whole thing, and they just weren't 
very erotic. It's not. Yeah, it's it's not remotely erotic <laughs> at all. I think what made me laugh though is that during the during the sex scene between Jennifer Lopez and Ryan Gosling's characters, they go to such great lengths to have Jennifer Lopez's breast covered by his hand, mm. and then later on you just get full frontal from that other girl. Like, mm. oh, it's just Jennifer Lopez. You can't see her boobs. No. Yeah, yeah. It's really bizarre to me that they've made such an effort to make sure you couldn't see like anything of Jennifer Lopez, and then suddenly later on it was just like, yeah, fine, we'll show you this girl giving him a head, whatever. I do think one of my favorite bits is kind of the way he flirts with her in the film is just—it's too obvious. Like, there's there's a scene fairly on in there, fairly on in the movie where he makes possibly the worst joke of all time. It's uh, oh, we got pretty wet now. Yeah. <laughs> It was just, it was just painful. So yeah, I, I mean, you could probably do a drinking game to how many cringy moments. But he, I guess that's all you can really take away from it. You could, you could get pissed off it. I suppose that's not bad, really. You know, it's got, it's got some value. So, yeah, I think a mutual for the boy next door, a mutual. What should we say? Thumbs down. Yeah, thumbs down. Mutual thumbs down. Okay. Well, boy next door is. Uh, still on general release if you want to waste your money but uh, <laughs> for a while but uh, thanks Tom for popping in and talking about this one cheers stay away from me and stay away from my son I can't do that Claire I live next door do you want to take a cookie for the road I love your mother's cookies Okay, moving on, it's time now to uh, do a quick uh, rundown of the uh, bo- box office top ten, the UK box office top ten, which I have here, which is a little thing we uh, always tend to do, and even though we're in the pub, there's no reason why we can't do it, through the power of the internet and the phone, which is wonderful, isn't it? Um, so, just having a look at this, at number ten, we have American Sniper, which has made a total of... 13 million while it's been in the uh, wow. in the British box office which is quite a lot um, that looks like it's on its way out now sadly Selma has pretty much dropped out of the, the top 10 immediately and has made 2 million 2.5 million yeah. <laughs> compared to Sniper yeah which is gutty really because it's a much much better film it's an independent film though so yeah. give it its due give it its due at number 9 uh, Jupiter Ascending the uh, world of, <laughs> the world of not seen it yet the absolute world of bonkers from um from the Wachowskis, which has made only four million, actually, and it's been out a few weeks. So clearly, the word, the negative word of mouth, may have, have hit that because that should have made a lot more for what it is. And by having Channing Tatum in the lead, so I should have brought my girlfriend up. She was like, "It was good to look at. It was pretty to look at." Including yeah. Tatum, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all it is. It's yeah. just confection. Just confection. That's, that's it. it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and number eight, the theory of everything, which has made near uh, 19, nearly 20 million, um, and he's still hanging on in there in the top ten. He's going to make a lot more money now. Yeah, yeah quite possibly. Now, uh, Eddie Redmayne has got his Oscar. <laughs> At number seven, one we've all been looking forward to, and sadly we didn't get a chance to review, Peppa Pig: The Golden Boots. Um, oh, yeah. We, oh, yeah. Which has made. Um, Two million in the two weeks it's been out. That uh, went head to head with Fifty Shades of Grey because they can they compare so well. That's more than uh, Selma as well. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. Yeah. Um, at number seven, at number six, Project Almanac, which uh, has made nearly a million in its uh, one week of, re- <laughs> of release because you all didn't listen to me. <laughs> um, again, at number five, straight in at, not, at nearly a million again, The Wedding Ringer again because you didn't listen to me. They're new releases, man. They always. Yeah. Kind of jump in at certain yeah, time. Jump in. At number four, Kingsman: The Secret Service, which has made a nice 13 million. And I still uh, watched it. I watched it this week, and it was good. Yeah, it was very, it was very good. It was yeah, like, a lot of fun. Was I thoroughly enjoyed Kingsman. So, uh, at number three, we have Shaun the Sheep, the movie, which has made 10 million. Nice to see that's been put out there. That's good. That's good. That's good for a kids' movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's Armin and, and no going against them. At number two, Big Hero Six. Yay! <laughs> still, still there. 16 million and Kane so hopefully that'll do a bit more, especially now one best animated feature at the Oscars, which is good. And um, take a guess, what's number one? I've actually generally forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, well, I'll give you a clue. 
There's 50 of it. <laughs> oh, sh- yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. 50, 50 sh- the shades. Different shades. 50 shades of shit is another one. That's unfair. 50 shades of black. 50 shades of black, yes, is the urgent. That's made in two weeks 25 million. Wow. wow. So that just has destroyed most of the box office in general, which is no real surprise. It'll be there for a little bit, although I suspect once the, uh, the ardour of, uh, of Valentine's and everything wears off and people start to, uh, I, I suspect it all starts to drop. But that's it. That's no surprise. That may well still be on one next week. I wouldn't, I be, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. If it goes for the third week, then I think we've got a mega hit on it. I know yeah. a couple of people that have been to see it a couple of times. You know, so yeah. uh, you know, one one girl at work, her boyfriend wanted to see it with her. I'm guessing for sexy times. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want. He, apparently, he was just like, yeah, I'm just interested to see what the fuss is about. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The coach Johnson is very attractive. Yeah. Yes, cheers. Yeah, cheers. I think um, she's attractive in that film as well. That's yeah. something about what she does. Yeah, very, what's, very what's wonderful though is the, I read a brilliant article this week about how Dakota Johnson and Jamie Dornan hate each other. Yeah, I that. With a passion, it's brilliant. It, they, they hate the sight of each other, which is which is brilliant. That's going to have some great chemistry in the next two films. I want you to send me that link. I'm not entirely sure yeah, that's true. I think that might be PR. I really do. Do you know what? Maybe. I hope it is true. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you probably the cynic thing in you probably will win out there. Um, so that's the top ten. Let's uh, move on to another review, and this is the horror film that has been hyped up to the max lately. Um, and there's already, yeah, there's already been two opposing views possibly here for It Follows. I used to daydream about being old enough to go on dates. I had this image of myself holding hands with a really cute guy. Just having some sort of freedom, I guess. Jay, I'm sorry. Help. You're not going to believe me, and I need you to remember what I'm saying. This thing, Help. it's going to follow you. Somebody gave it to me, and I passed it to you. Wherever you are, it's somewhere walking straight for you. All you can do is pass it along to someone else. Yeah. Well, like, like Tony was saying, um, every now and again, probably every, every year or two now, like a horror film comes out, it's just like hypes and hypes and hypes. Um, I think you had like Cabin in the Woods a few years back. Yeah. Um, Great little movie. Yeah, yeah. You had, you had the, the vice of Conjuring. Yeah. Um, couple of years back. Which I, I actually lie to people there about. Yeah, I really like it. No, I don't like it. Yeah, that was, that was, yeah that, that, but that, that, was, uh, that was another example of a film that was picked up. It was quite Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Made a lot of money. Uh, yeah. Did well. And uh, for me, uh, Your Next as well, which I, I personally found very entertaining. That was another one that was uh, like a couple of years ago. Um, and it follows, it's, it's kind of like that. It's one of them that um, you look at the reviews and you see things like terror. And, you know the horror of the year and things and uh, I, I find it best if you, if you kind of try your best with all those sort of things because yeah. you, you're always going to be disappointed like like uh, Leslie was saying earlier someone you know said it's a horror film of the decade or something yeah you're always going to be disappointed but, but for me I went into it follows you know, kind of with an open mind and Basically, it's about uh, based around a young girl, Jay, played by uh, Baker Monroe, who was in The Guest uh, a couple of years ago, which is a great film. Yeah. Um, Do like The Guest. Do like her in The Guest yeah, as well. Yeah, she's brilliant in it, and um, she's perfect for this. Um, and uh, she plays this kind of like, teenage girl, young woman, and she's, um, she's seen this guy, and um, she ends up like having sex with him you know, for the first time in the back of his car. Everything seems well, she's just a normal teenage girl, she's kind of, you know, enjoying life, that sort of thing. And suddenly she kind of gets told, without wanting to give away too much, that something is going to start following her. And this is the interesting thing. It's never described exactly what it is. You just hear it's going to start following you. Something will start following you and it's not going to stop. And the only way 
to get this to stop following you to sleep with someone so you can pass it on so it's some sort of like some sort of weird STD um, <laughs> yeah which um, like a sex team yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so and the, the beauty of that is for me I found that when you find out this is that you as soon as there's a scene as soon as you see someone in the background whether it turns out to be nothing or not you're constantly like on edge because you're like it's, it's this hit this yeah. hit coming from her yeah. you know and so basically it's about her struggle she's with her, with her friends and um, they're trying to she doesn't know what to do she's torn between the whole do I speak with someone you know put myself out a bit sort of thing and yeah. uh, try and pass this on don't want to do that she's got teenage friends who's in love with her yeah. but you know does, does she want to go down that road and pass it on and I thought some of the um, the way it was shot was brilliant I think you said earlier it's, like, it's amazing it's amazing really well shot yeah. but it's got like a it's got like an indie feel to it yeah. um, in a way like it's quite um Quietly terrifying, I suppose, in a way. Yeah, I mean, for me, you say it's got indie shot to it, it's got one of the, it looks very much like one of the most successful indie films ever made. Yeah. And it's um, Halloween. It looks like Halloween. Um, it's very, it's shot in widescreen. Um, I can't remember the name of the cinematographer that um, shot it. But um, what I said to you, and I, I won't butcher what I said. I basically, I love the idea that someone shot the sh- shot the shit out of a horror film. Yeah, yeah. And this is really well shot. It's really interesting. Agreeing with what you're saying about the the, the use of widescreen, the use of the background, yeah, and not 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 necessarily knowing what will be happening and coming forward. It's a very simple premise, yeah. and that's one thing I love about the film. It's the premise is very simple. Um, if you if you know your horror films, there's a little bit of Cherry Falls in there. There's a little bit, like I said, there's a little bit of Halloween in there, just with the leaves on the ground and everything in there. But it's not a homage. It's I think that's one thing I like. It doesn't seem to be like a homage. It doesn't seem to be very playing to the satire of it all. It seems to be its own thing. My problem with it is there is elements of the film that fall into horror stupidity. I don't like... When a character turns around and says something and says, these are not necessarily the rules, but follow what I say, it annoys me that a character will turn around and then completely negate and not do what the character said just a minute ago even if they're scared it's just there's a a few inklings with it I just wish I think they they do certain things to make sure that the film continues on with its plot I think it's a little bit too long um but in terms of its performances, I think it's quite interesting. Yeah, I thought I thought like making her very like, perfect for the for the role. Yeah, because she's got like a, she's got like a, she's pretty, she has like a girl next door sort of look to her. Yeah, and I thought her performance was it wasn't like over the top, a really screen queeny. It was very understated. And, yeah, like, just like a girl like, trying to figure herself out. Yeah. into this horrible situation and like going back to like various shots as well there's some brilliant scenes where there was one where she's in a playground and she's on a swing yeah. and suddenly all the music stops and it's just her going back and forth on the swing and she's looking around and the camera's panning around and there's going back to the whole as soon as you see someone come into the shot there's that whole element that you know it's, it's going to happen now like no music just her the leads yeah that was, that was brilliant and there was another scene like that she ends up in the hospital at one point about wanting to be yeah that's a good scene she's that looking, is a good the scene the door's open and she's looking out the door and it's all about the footsteps you yeah, hear yeah you hear the footsteps she's looking out the door there's another one where she sees it in her house music stops she does a scream and it's so well done because you know you don't hear the scream it goes quiet you just see the reaction and you see it and it's genuinely terrifying something you learn is it can take various forms yeah so you know that's another factor to it you don't know exactly what specific thing it's 
so things like that which I think are great and like you said about like, Halloween yeah. like there is various things like that which made me think back to like Carpenter and how yeah yeah the, the music score, the music the score yeah. I think it's um, uh, Disaster Piece is the score it's like Disaster in Pieces in Peace and Love not Pieces in Piece of something. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, which I've never heard of, but, but you know, very much the music was quite, it's almost like an 18th century. Yeah. Maybe that lends itself to that whole Halloween thing as well. Yeah, but I that mean, added a massive element to it. Well. It's interesting you say that. I found sometimes the music a little bit intrusive. But what I did like about it, there is this element of dread. I, someone said to me that they found it really pretentious and not very scary. I think that the, the tension in it is a lot more like films like The Ring. If you're interested yeah. in The Ring, if you're interested in... Um, um, here's a film that I really enjoyed, House of the Devil. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. A really good film in House of the Devil where not it doesn't feel like much is happening, but you're always a little bit worried about something may be happening and I think one of the things that um, Mitchell I can't remember the, the director's um, first name but what Mitchell does oh, David Robert Mitchell David Robert Mitchell thank you um, one of the things that I think he does really well is because of the nature of the widescreen and you can see so much coming in and you're never entirely sure what's coming from around the corner yeah. he just gives an element of dread like you said just characters walking he does something really interesting with just using space and form and background and using characters that you don't know I mean the first introduction of this malevolent force that you see is quite simply just uh, I don't really want to say too much I don't really want to you know it's one of those things where the less you know the more yeah but the, the way he utilises the force and the way he uses it to tell the story that only certain people can see it it's very it's very creepy it's very unnerving and I think that's the problem when you look at the blurbs like you were saying at the beginning you look at the blurbs you look at oh it's the most terrifying thing people have completely different it's like comedy they have different things that scare them different you know different things that make them terrified most people is kind of jump scares that's why I don't like the country I think this is so. what people are expecting when they see when they see reviews and they say terrifying you know yeah. like, best, like best horror film in like 10 years or whatever you know they expect jump scares that's what they expect like your, your casual cinema goer yeah. when they see that they, they expect jump scares yeah. they don't expect a slow build up like getting to know the characters yeah. all these brilliant elements that horror fans like enjoy enjoy yeah definitely yeah, they, 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 don't expect, they don't expect to see that they, yeah. they don't care about that. they want blood and they want scares I mean one know, thing but I think um, uh, David Mitchell does really well and the, the, the best thing the, the biggest compliment I can give a film like this is making the mundane threatening yeah. and it's what Halloween was all about it's what Black Christmas was all about it's like what The Ring was all about even you know there's very there's elements of The Ring that are in the film there's elements of Cherry Falls that are in this film of the idea of passing this kind of virus on yeah there's lots of an urban legend but not only an urban legend there's all this talk I read a review that was very negative about it because of how females because it's a female it's a very female story in general anyway but how they can how it gets contracted and everything else like that but I think it's a really interesting aspect on female sexuality and how that is observed and looked at I think it's I think it's got a lot more intelligence than it um, than one would think of a film like that but I think the problem I have with it compared to something like The Descent um, compared to something like I said like the previous The House of the Devil there's something that it's just a little bit too long the music is just a little bit too incessant the performances are good but everyone else is a little bit too much of a cipher um, characters do not necessarily dumb things but they do things that are clearly 
plotted, and I do that with inverted commas and everyone can see me do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just everything's just a little too plotted, a little too handy. Yeah, you know, I felt there's one bit where the um, they come up with a plan to kill one of the kids. Yeah. To get her, and it very much without wanting to give too much away. The horror fans know well about. They very much reminded me of uh, Wes Craven. Like in the eighties, Wes Craven used to come up with kind of inventive ideas, which like shocker. Yeah. <laughs> like, like kind of heroes like the, the uh, protagonist was killed the antagonist by kind of crazy 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 ideas. methods yeah yeah so there's, there's an element of this in this in the swimming pool about giving it away so it's a lot of n- uh, know, Nightmare on Elm Street yeah so there's someone who doesn't understand that or doesn't understand what's crazy that might seem a bit silly a bit stupid over the top but you know, you have to think these these are like teenagers in a terrifying situation. I so, think it makes sense. Yeah, I think what they, they do make makes sense. sense. They did make sense, and I, and I, I felt like you know, it's it's kind of like it was made. It's like it was made by horror fans for horror fans. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of like made for those sort of Halloween types and The Ring and House of the Devil. You know, people yeah. who get that sort of tension in the build up. Yeah. You know, and I think I mean, that's why I enjoyed it. I mean, it's, about, it's hard to say whether it's the best horror film of years, but I think I read one of you that I agreed with that said, like, in the way that people said Cabin, Cabin in the Woods was like a game changer, I wouldn't go that far, but it kind of like, kind of made you look at horror in a different way. Yeah. Maybe It Follows could do that for a new audience. You know, maybe people that have seen, you know, The Conjuring, Your Next, with just jump scares and a lot of stuff, they might watch It Follows and go, oh, okay, that, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So hopefully it reaches out to like, that kind of a new audience, as well as some old school horror fans. Well, I hope I get it. <laughs> yeah, I'll be seeing it soon, so It Follows. Um, could go either way that is on general release for a while uh, well, how long it will stay who knows these things sometimes disappear forever, forever. <laughs> that's a regret thing apparently forever it's going to be here sooner or later so yeah go and check out in follow in it follows. It follows. I'm on my third point now. They, they follows. follows. They follows. <laughs> Somebody follows. Somebody. Horror fans watch it follows. This is this is being on the poop deck that way. Is it called poop yeah. deck? This is called poop deck. Poop deck. Yeah. I'm having too much poop deck, so my hosting skills are going to start to fade. It's a good job. We're reaching the, uh, the, the towards yeah, yeah. the end of this of this podcast, in which we have one more film to talk about, which is where I'm going to come back in. So this will be this will be interesting. I saw Focus. I can convince anyone of anything. You see, there's a science to getting people to trust you. I want in. With your current skill set, you don't. Maybe he could teach me in your room. That is so bad. Is it? Does it feel sexy on your face? A little. It does. Okay, let's go. We're about 30 strong. Everybody gets a percentage. They hit quick and get out. Who's the girl? She's our intern. You're hitting that? I'm right here. No, Farhad, I'm not hitting that. You should hit that. Fuck us. Fuck us. <laughs> Fuck us. Fuck us. <laughs> yes, I went to see Focus, the new film that stars Will Smith and uh, up and coming starlet Margot Robbie. And it's uh, a film from uh, Glenn Ficarra and John Requa. Re- John, John Requa. Yeah. Who. Uh, who are known for um, Bad Santa wrote Bad Santa writing Bad Santa they directed Crazy Stupid Love which, oh, I, which I was a big fan of I was and, fan of that. and I love you Philip Morris which I was less of a fan of but I saw the yeah. you know the intention there so they have um, they have some they have some good pedigree to an extent and Focus is one of those funny films that the trailer misrepresents in the sense that if you've seen the trailer for Focus you might think of it as quite a, a slick smog caper that has uh, lots of flashy kind of visuals and builds to an inevitable point. In fact, you know, it's one of those trailers that gives away a lot of the film, actually. Uh, But it's funny because it turns out to be a lot better than than the trailer lets you believe, strangely enough. 
it, for me, it felt like Will back on form. You know, for a long time, Will Smith has not been doing very well. You know, he tried to recapture some of the Men in Black magic a few years ago when he did the third Men in Black, and you know, it was, it was okay, but it didn't really got anything on fire. No. Uh, Hancock was a misstep. After Earth was an abomination. So he's, you know, he's he's re- re- he's been trying to almost reinvent himself, I think, to an extent, as, as not Will Smith. And the, the simple fact is, he's not very good at not being Will Smith. That's why we love Will Smith. Yeah, that's why we love Will Smith. He's one of those actors who we love in playing that kite. I don't, I don't, apart from maybe Ali. Ali is the only film, I think, where he stepped away from being Will Smith and, and, and was good. Six Degrees of Separation. Which I haven't seen, but I've heard a lot of so yeah, that, that's a that, that was interesting because there was an interview where he said that he got so involved in that character who, loved, who was in love with Stuckard Channing that he actually apparently fell in love with Stuckard Channing in real life for a while. So you know he, he just commits himself to a lot of things. But Focus is the first film in a long time where he's been Will. So yes, in Focus we have uh, Will playing playing that kind of you know charming, uh, laid back, likable guy. That he's, you know, he's essayed in the, before in the past. He's, he's a guy who is a, a, a grifter. He's a very well, a very good grifter, in fact. Um, and he's got an entire crew who basically go around pulling off cons. You know, to, to some extent, it, it's low level. Sometimes it's high level. Sometimes it's ripping people off. And there's not necessarily a, a morality to it. You know, they'll rip off anybody if they make a book. But they do yeah. through. There's not like he says at one point. There isn't one big score that will get them out of the game. The game is just part of life. You know, yeah. he is this guy. He, the, each score just continues his fun. It is a job for him. It's basically his job. Then he basically happens to meet um, Margot Robbie in a bar, and she's a very low-level grifter who wants to try and you know make it. She's basically stealing watches from rich, drunken men, and inevitably he sees something in her that you know. Um, that he can see her as a, as a really good grifter and, and he takes her under his wing and a lot of the film really is about how feelings and emotion and love can corrupt the focus which goes back to the title of somebody of somebody who has got to be very very devoted to what he does to make it work and to not get caught and to not get killed the trailer might have you believe it's, it's quite an edgy film it has moments of darkness and it gets quite sinister and gets quite you know thriller it really doesn't focus is surprisingly funny and it, it has that kind of wit that Crazy Stupid Love has, which is one of the one of the good things about it. It has that central kind of sleekness and that charm, and that you know everything's everything's quite glossy. It's very it, it, it like Ryan Gosling in Crazy Stupid Love in his fine suits, and you know he looked impeccable, like James Bond. Precise, precise. James Bond is it James Bond? Will Smith. No, Will Smith is exactly the same in this. You know everything's precise. You know, everything is. Um, sleek and sexy there is a sexiness to the film but it, it also has this wit and this this playfulness that is surprising and Margot Robbie in fact he further marks herself out as a talent to watch because she is my girlfriend who I went to see it with remarked how, how she looks looks and acts just like Emma Stone and it's funny because Margot Robbie was, was you know was asked about this and said uh, uh, are, are you are you the next Emma Stone and she said well I'm not really you know fit to lick her boots right now but you know and the, the, with Margot Robbie there's that extra element of you know Emma Stone has more of the kookiness and the and the, and the, and the dryness I can only think of about that horrible se- sexual scene in um Wolf of Wall Street. Wall Street. Um, exactly. Daddy. No, 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 no. Yeah, I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> this is it. She's 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 proven in this. She holds her own, and she's got a good chemistry with Will Smith. And it's it, it, it totally sometimes doesn't really know what it is. Totally, it wants to be a bit of a comedy, and then sometimes it has aspirations to be a little bit more of a drama. So it's a little bit off in that sense. So ironically, it's not focused in that sense all the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, was, it was unexpectedly more fun than I thought it would be and, it get, and importantly it gets Will back to the point where you actually want to keep watching it and there was a point where I, I usually it was oh Will Smith's in that film it's worth watching it got to a point where it was Will Smith's in that film 
sure about that? Sure, Don't know. I think a lot of people are. Which is why focus mainly people are a bit skeptical. But this, it, it was it was surprisingly effective. And it, it was it was it was it was a bit sexy. It was a bit funnier, and you know more entertaining than I thought it would be. There's a, there's a great sequence about halfway through where you think that he's being done over, and he twists it around brilliantly. There's some real nice invention, in it. and it's. In short, it's basically Hustle, the BBC One series, with money, with a budget, and America. Because I, I quite enjoyed Hustle. Yeah, it is. It's Hustle with a budget. Well, I'm going to say this. How does it rate against Matchstick Men? Not seen it. Okay. How does it rate against <laughs> Confidence? Not seen it. How does it rate against anything by David Mamet? Uh, um, House of Cards. Oh uh, well, well, well it's, it's not in the same league as House of Cards. <laughs> I, I confess I haven't seen any David Mamet directed film or anything. Um, I'm a big fan of the con. I do like con movies. I think someone like Will Smith would really work for the idea of the con. It's one of the reasons why I like um, uh, six, six Degrees of Separation, because he's playing a con man there, a 19-year-old gay con man. Just to, pr- to prove something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I still think it's his best role. I still think it's the thing that he should have always had an Osc- uh, Oscar nom for. Mm. It's interesting to see. I mean, I wasn't particularly interested in Focus um, in terms of wanting to go and see it. I think he sold it better than Exotic Marigold Hotel 2. The, the second exotic marigold, second exotic best very marigold, whatever. But um, it'll be interesting to see, and you know, I would love to see it in reference to all these other films I kind of enjoy. Well, I think I think realistically, you know, it's, it's not going to be clever con in that sense. You know, I don't think yeah. it's going it's not, it's not really going to sit. I would say on the shelf with a lot of these great con films. I, I don't think that for a second. And I think that there's, there's, there is, there's potentially more reason to see it than you might think. And importantly, it is Big Willie back on top. <laughs> Big Willie style. Big Willie style. Big Willie. Yeah. It, it sounds like one of these films that's just going to be fun. You know, you can just put it on. Yeah. You know, you can switch your brain off for a bit and just, just enjoy it. Enjoy it. It also has a great soundtrack. It's got a great series of songs, a lot of which are 70s, quite funky kind of thing. It's really, really cool soundtrack. Um, and it just helps carry the whole thing and you know I haven't enjoyed a Will Smith film as much as I enjoyed this for some time and that's you know that's nice in itself yeah. so yeah check it out Focus is uh, still on general release it will be for a while it'll probably do quite well there's two kinds of people in this world there's hammers and nails and you decide which one you want to be it's a it's a bad religion so that brings us to the end of our podcast in the pub, gentlemen. That was great. How have we enjoyed it? Yes, very much so. It's, it's good fun. I I love it. I've done it before. I love doing this. It's yeah. good fun. It is actually see people's eyelines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, right. It makes a nice change. Yeah. I'm out of my uh, the normal zone. We can as well. We can. We're now going to go and uh, paint the town. If not red, then certainly a, 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 a deep shade of paint. Paint the town black. Let's do that. Yeah. We're going to lose a lot of focus. Yeah, we're going to lose a lot of focus. <laughs> we're going to have to try and it follows each other. Yeah, we're going to follows each other. We, um, we hopefully won't run into the boy next door, but uh, if we're lucky, we won't end up staying in the very best second. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I'm stealing Adam's thunder. Um, so uh, it's a it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye for me. You can find uh, Leslie as Afro Film Viewer on, on Twitter. You can find Adam as Massingham Adam on Twitter, and I as ever am Black Hole Writer. This has been Black Hole Cinema. Thanks for the call.